Mel, I don't know if you know this, but the Spirit of the Lord is upon you. The Spirit of wisdom and understanding, counsel and might, knowledge and fear of the Lord. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you use this mighty woman as a vessel to shepherd us. And um, we're so grateful that she's crossed our path. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. As I pray today that I won't just be up here talking, but we'll actually have to change lives from it. You want for a changed life today? I'm all for changed lives. Love it. My favourite part of my job is seeing lives changed and transformed. Really exciting. Um, I found a list of things online of uh, things that makes people upset. I, I know that, you know, we don't get upset, hey? Anyone get upset? Yeah, all right. Let me see if these might trigger something. Drivers who don't use their indicators. Anyone get upset by that? Yeah. Okay, just to be really honest here. Drivers that drive slow and then they get to the overtaking section and then they floor it and you're there going, I don't want to speed, but my goodness, I'm getting past. Uh, anyone with me? Yeah, okay, I got them. Uh, losing your wallet. Does that get you upset? We don't lose wallets here? Okay, good. Okay. Uh, waiting in traffic. Sometimes I feel like you're on the Truman Show where all the lights are just pegged to stop just as you're coming up to me like, come on, who's organising this? Maybe I just need to slow down. What about falling over or tripping over in public? You get upset when you do that? Yeah. Just happy to survive it. Okay. <laughs> what about breaking something just because you're just being stupid? Anyone? almost broke my leg this year being a little bit stupid. <laughs> I wasn't angry, but, you know, a bit disappointed in myself. Train delays. Train delays. I got a bit of a confession on that one. Um, I was supposed to take a train to Sydney a few weeks ago. Had it organised down to the minute. I was up at like ridiculously early. I had to get like a six o'clock train. It was stupid early. And we organised it all. I got four kids. So making it all happen so that they could be organised. And Andrew was dropping me to the train station. Got there. And that was the day that there was that snap shut down. And there was nothing, no warning. I, I didn't do my response to the person telling me the information very well. I'm very sorry to that person. Um, that's your sermon another time. <laughs> yeah. Finding out that someone's been talking about you. So get you angry? Yeah. Uh, waiting for someone to make a decision. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah. Uh, waiting for someone to get ready. Someone bailing on plans that you've had for ages. Organised, ready to go, and they're like, oh, sorry, I can't make it. Uh, that's pretty frustrating. What about flat pack furniture? Does anyone get their blood boiling on that? <laughs> I love flat pack furniture. That's my challenge. Someone revealing spoilers before you've had a chance to watch it. Whatever it is. The game, the, video, the movie, whatever it is. It's pretty annoying. Being made a substandard cup of coffee. That's sadness. Cry, cry into it and make it a bit better with the salt tears. All right. So when we feel threatened or we feel hurt, demeaned, frustrated or blocked in our progress towards what we think our desired goal should be, 
um, we sometimes get anger rising within us. And sometimes it comes out when people hurt us, when we're stressed, when we're tired and have unrealistic expectations. Do you know anger kind of is a really quick follow-on emotion past that something's just happened that's hurt us or this little emotion's happened and then anger kind of rises up to overtake it. Have you ever noticed that? You've got an emotion that happens first. Anger's not usually our first emotion. It's a response to something. So it's recognising, you know, we might be grieving, but sometimes we, we're coming out in anger. We might be doing all kinds of things, but anger is the one that's popping up. A few weeks ago, Sarah was doing sharing time, and one of the things that just slipped out, um, I think, I don't even think you meant to share it, was, I don't like who I become when I get angry. And how many Me Too's were in the room that day? You heard it? We're all going, yeah, Me Too. And I'm not even sure we all realised what we were saying when we kind of went, yeah, Me Too, because it just happened so quickly, didn't it? Just like, Me Too. I don't like what happens when when we become angry. So my message today is what to do with that anger. And, and the heading is, I've called it this, we'll, we'll talk a bit more about it soon. If Jesus can flip tables, why can't I flip out? So let's look at Jesus flipping tables. What on earth is that about? Matthew 21, it should be up here on the screen. Matthew 21, 12 and 13 says, Upon entering Jerusalem, Jesus went directly into the temple area and drove away all the merchants who were buying and selling their goods. He overturned the tables of the money changers and the stands of those selling doves. And he said to them, My dwelling place will be known as a house of prayer, but you have made it into a hangout for thieves. Ever read that before? Ever thought, Jesus, he was... He was mad. Now, someone that doesn't really understand Jesus will read that and then make an excuse for bad behaviour and say, well, Jesus gets angry, why can't I? We can't use that as our go-to passage if we want to act like a jerk because that's not what Jesus was doing. We can't use it as an excuse to justify rage, defensiveness and being offended. On the other hand, sometimes we look at at anger as a sin. That's something that we need to be avoided. And and that's not the case either because Jesus got angry. So let's look at righteous anger first up. There are things in this world that should make us angry. We live in a broken world. Things are messed up, aren't they? We, We just have to turn the news on to see the things that are messed up in our world. And we should be outraged by injustices, violence, greed and poverty and the death that's around us. And I believe that should stir up an anger inside of us because it's just not right. And that's a righteous anger. It's the same anger that God feels when he sees the evil in the world. And anger is a part of who God is. Have you ever thought about that? Angry God. And because God is good, it's a good thing. Wow kind of challenges our thinking that anger is a bad thing. So divine anger is intense, but it's also controlled and consistent with God's love and mercy. It fits in together. God is wise, perfect, all-knowing, and he never misinterprets a situation. He never feels threatened. He never loses control, but he's always angered by sin and injustice. So anger is not the problem. Having anger is not the problem. You're allowed to be angry. That's okay. It's what we do with our anger that determines whether we sin or we don't. 
Now, I'm human, so I'm going to misinterpret situations. I don't have the full knowledge of what's going on that God has. So if I see someone doing something, someone might cut me off or something, (laughs) get upset with them, there might be a reason that that had happened, that it was a mistake, they weren't intending on, you know, being mean to me. We make, 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 we make mistakes in judgment. We react quickly when we feel threatened and hurt. And anger can be harmful and dangerous. Ephesians 4, 26 and 27 says, Be angry without sinning. Don't go to bed angry. Don't give the devil any opportunity to work. It's pretty good instructions, isn't it? Okay, Fix it up before you go to sleep. You'll have a better sleep. So what was this table flipping thing Jesus did all about? So Jesus, uh, a lot of people believe this, that actually Jesus cleared the temple twice. I'd never known that before. He cleared it twice. In the beginning of his ministry and then again at the end of his ministry. So in John it talks about he went in after the um, miracle of turning the water into wine. He goes to the temple and flips tables in and says, you know, this, this is my house. And then he comes later uh, on a donkey, comes in the Palm Sunday that we're going to be celebrating next week. He comes in, everyone's saying, Jesus, you're the man, except the religious leaders. They didn't like it. Um, And he comes in, everyone's cheering. He has a look around the temple. He goes and spends the night um, somewhere, and then he comes back in the next day, and he clears it out again. So it's happened before. They were back to their old tricks. Anyone go back to their old habits of the past? Anyone got any old habits to go back to? Yeah. So easy to do. Sometimes they creep up on us. Sometimes we do them intentionally. And that's what they're doing here. Jesus cleared the temple and said, this place is a place of prayer. Uh, Don't do what you're doing here. Don't make it into a a money exchange, um, ripping people off place. So I've got a picture of a temple just to show you a little bit of what it looked like. You know where to find that one? Thank you. Uh, So that's that's Jerusalem. So there's the the red one there. We're going to zoom in for the next picture. That's just showing where the temple actually is up on the mountain. Let's go to the next picture, please. So the next one's a drawing of the actual temple building. And the outside area is quite large, but then inside is a smaller space. And in this smaller space, that's where uh, people could only go at certain times of the year. So it's a very, very holy place. And then as you kind of went out, to the outer rooms, so uh, Jews could go to one area. The women uh, had to be separated. Sorry, girls. Uh, They were in a separate area. And then outside again uh, was an area for the people that weren't Jews, called the Gentiles. And that would be us. If we went into a, a place today, we would be in the area for the Gentiles. We wouldn't be allowed into the place for the Jews. Unless you're Jewish, you're allowed in there. Um, have you been able to get the picture? There's a second one there. Oh, the one before it? Okay, I've messed something up then. Look really hard at that picture. <laughs> All right, let's put it back on me then. I'll explain it with my bit of paper. All right, so pretend this is the temple. So in this tiny little space in the middle would be the Holy of Holies where someone went once a year uh, into um, to sacrifice, and then on the outer side of that would be the Jews. Outside of that, in this area, he would be the courtyard for the women. And then right around the edge, um, there would be a space for the Gentiles to go, for all the rest of us that weren't Jews. And that's where 
these money-changing tables were set up and these animals were being kept to use for the sacrifices. So that's what it looked like. Now, the only place that the Gentiles could go would be that outer courtyard. And it was filled up like the market stalls that you go to. You know, the market stalls are set up. I love markets. And the whole street's blocked off because there's markets and there's people everywhere. And you can't get through. Um, there's, there's people with balloons, all kinds. It's noisy. There's money being exchanged. Like that, except in a temple. How hard would that have been to pray if you had that noise and that people everywhere pushing into each other, trying to get past um, to do it? So this was the only place they could be and it was filled up with other stuff. So let's look at the things that makes Jesus mad. That's on your sheet. If you've got a sheet, there's some things to fill in. Let's go with that one. There are some things that make Jesus mad. The first one is the human condition. We live in a fallen world. So when things are broken, when things are unjust, when things are hurting other people, he doesn't like that. Jesus feels empathy for what we're facing because we're not okay. The second one that makes Jesus mad is when people are treated unfairly. Fairly, because in that area where they were selling and buying the sacrificial animals, uh, they had to be perfect. They were actually selling them for a very expensive price. They were ripping people off, kind of like the price of toilet paper a couple of years ago. Did you see it on eBay? Wow, toilet paper. And I just want to comment right now, toilet paper has not been on sale for the last four months. Has anyone noticed that? Four months of having to buy full price toilet paper because the shops won't put the price down for people. I don't like that and I don't think it's right because we're all using the same toilet paper, aren't we? That's the kind of injustice that's out there, just ripping people off a little bit. Rapid tests. They got expensive for a bit, didn't they? (laughs) Just for a bit. So what was happening in that temple area is that they had the monopoly on the market. No one else could oppose them so they could put whatever price on they wanted. And the people travelling from long distances had to pay that price to get it. People were using and abusing their power. Last year and the year before, because we've got family in Queensland, we like to go to Queensland and the border's been shut a lot (laughs) over the past two years. And the last time we went was just after Christmas. I mean, we all forget so quickly, but we had to get up at five o'clock in the morning to go and sit in a line to get a test because the rapid test weren't really a thing that was accepted then. Um, to get over the border. The borders were blocked. There was nothing there. So we got our test and then we had to do all these other requirements to make sure we'd done the right things to get into Queensland. It was hard and it was frustrating. And if we didn't do it, we weren't allowed in. That was the rules at that point. And what's happening here is sometimes things are happening that are unfair and the people have to jump through hoops to make things happen. And that's not how the gospel should be. We don't require people to be a certain way, act a certain way, look a certain way, 
to come to church or to accept Jesus. His gift is free. People that get to come to church can come however you look. And that's the beautiful part of having church. We don't have to act a certain way. We need to make it easy for people to get to God. So Jesus is mad when it was difficult for people to get to God. He didn't get mad about the injustices done to him. Uh, He didn't get mad about what people said. And people did say some pretty nasty things and do nasty things to him. Instead, Jesus' anger came out when someone was being kept from him. Jesus flipped tables because he's passionate about including everyone in his family. Jesus wants relationship. Now, I don't know about you, but whenever I'm a little bit angry, uh, I notice that my kids kind of scatter. (laughs) They find a reason to go to another room. Uh, They find a reason to not be there. They're still listening sometimes because they want to know what's going on, but they're not present anymore. And, And I don't know if you've noticed, if you've seen an angry person in full flight, people don't usually come close to them, do they? They kind of, yeah, okay, all right. Uh, I see some smiles there. I won't keep looking. People usually find the nearest exit. Our poorly expressed anger is not something that draws people close. And when I'm angry, like Andrew was talking about, I want to leave too. I don't want to be there anymore. Escape, run away from it all. But with Jesus, people still came to Jesus when he was angry. That's an interesting thing I found in that that passage. It says, blind and lame people came to him in the temple courtyard and he healed them. This is straight after he cleared the place out. Flipped tables, tipped over chairs, drove the cattle out the door, and then he healed people. And the most vulnerable people in society, the lame and the blind, the ones that would be the ones that would be trying to protect themselves because they can't get away quickly, they're the ones pushing towards him. And he healed them. It's pretty telling about what anger from Jesus actually looked like. He didn't do anything to hurt others. When I express my anger, do people lean in to hear more or does it clear the place out? Am I building relationships or am I damaging them? So here's eight steps to doing anger well. Eight things. They're going to be quick. We'll just buzz through them. Number one, we need to acknowledge our anger. Before we move on, we need to acknowledge that we have anger. And we need to find out what the emotion is that caused it to to rise up. Second one. We need to pray. Pray for clarity about the situation. Pray for God's view of it. Pray for wisdom to express what needs to be said and the discipline to not say the things that we want to say but aren't going to be helpful. Sometimes we need physical distance from the situation and time distance to get our response right. And it's better to distance and get it right than it is to say something and get it wrong because it takes a bit of (laughs) apologising. (laughs) <laughs> to fix it up. Number three, restrain my outbursts. Think before acting. If you're going to do anything straight away, pour your heart out to God. And it may be a trusted friend, but restrain outbursts. It's a bit hard when you're someone just wants to tell them what you think, hey? <laughs> Proverbs 15.1 says, A gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. Stirs it up. 
Number four, confess and forgive, then repeat. Confess and forgive and repeat. We need to confess to God, confess to others, and we need to be willing to both forgive and receive forgiveness and also forgive ourselves. I'm not sure if you noticed, but shame comes in pretty closely after anger. And then it's really easy to withdraw from relationships. And relationships have been ruined because we haven't taken that step back towards each other again. Number five, resist ruminating and revenge. Ruminating. That's like being on a rocking chair over and over and over again. Uh, When I was uh, younger, probably about 14, I used to love the gyroscopes. Did anyone ever like those? i got a picture. Let's see if we can get this one up. Gyroscopes are my favourite thing in the world. Whenever they had any kind of a street thing, it's one of those, they strap you in like that. Your feet are strapped in and then it's around your waist and you can hold on. You don't have to. I used to, and then is there a next picture after that one? That's what you used to do. Upside down, it used to spin every which way. And and the harder you threw yourself forward or backwards, the faster it went. I loved it so much. I could have bought one and kept it in my backyard. I loved it so much. Although I wouldn't have been able to get out, so that would have been really interesting. But you work so hard in it. You build up a sweat. Like you get, it's a great workout, actually. But you're not actually going anywhere. You get unstrapped from that thing and you haven't moved anywhere. That's what ruminating's like. You work so hard. You work so hard. You think about it so hard. Think of all the reasons why it didn't work. What am I going to do differently? What if I had it next time I'm going to say this? And it doesn't move us anywhere. I'm still going to be in the same place when I finish. So resist it. Resist it. This means also getting rid of the emotions tied up with revenge, bitterness, hatred, judging others, getting even, dishonest sharing or gossiping, silent treatment. All those things happen as part of revenge. Okay, number six. Six. (laughs) Avoid an angry mindset. I don't know about you. Have you ever walked into a room just waiting for a fight? Just me? I'm the only one? Right, okay. I'm prepared. (laughs) You do. Thank you. Don't look for the worst in every situation because the people that do this are critical, negative and become hostile and nearly always they are unhappy. Oh, oh, Yes, that is true. James 1, 19, 20 says, Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and should not get angry easily. An angry person doesn't do what God approves of. Okay. Number seven, two left. Be confident of who I am in Christ. Our anger is less destructive and more controlled when we are secure in who we are, whose we are, and then I'm not caught up in excessive feelings of inferiority and self-doubt. So be confident of who I am in Christ. Last one, eight. Use anger as a catalyst for change. 
William Booth wanted to bring everyone, not just the rich, to church. And when he did bring them to church, they didn't want just anyone to come into the building. So the Salvation Army was born from that. William Booth saw the desperate need and came up with practical solutions to fill the awful poverty gaps that was left in the state. Today, many thousands of organisations are making a difference because they see the injustice of its sweatshops. They see slavery. They see prostitution. They see kids being abused and, and in con- conditions that are just horrific. The abuse, the domestic violence, the homelessness, people falling through the gaps. And we too can use anger to make a difference. There's positive ways to using anger. Giving today is a positive way that we can be angry about the injustices of the world and do something about it. There are more things we can do as well. There are more things we can do. I'm going to get the band to come up, please. Pretty long sermon and lots and lots of information today. And I feel like I still only have scratched the surface of what anger looks like and how we can do it appropriately. But one of the things I think we need to do to land today, was really two things. While I've been talking, you may have had someone's face or name come to mind of someone that either you've harmed or has harmed you with the anger. You may also be disappointing yourself for the times that you've been angry and it's been harmful. may need to ask God for his forgiveness. So today I have over here on the mercy seat on either side, these little tiny slips of paper with the word forgiven on it. You can use this however you want today. You can take it as a sign that you're forgiven, as a reminder that you're forgiven. We make mistakes. God is faithful and just. He'll forgive us of our sins. He does that. We're forgiven. You may also want to release forgiveness today. I forgive. Space in the back. You might not need to write it down. You might just want to forgive them. It's just a simple decision. But it'll have eternal consequences of that decision. Is my courtyard filled up with clutter? filled up with stuff or is it cleared up for Jesus Jesus today we want to thank you for your example of what angry being angry in the right way looks like I pray that we'll be more like you Jesus Lord, I pray that as we do things that hurt ourselves and hurt others, Lord, I pray that we'll be quick to seek you. Seek to making it right. Holy Spirit, I ask you to come and just touch the parts of our hearts that need touching. Make us soft to hear you. 
Speak just now, pray. In Jesus' name, amen.